Hi, doctor. Hi, dad. So I'm excited to be doing this live and in person again. I can't remember the last time we did a, a face-to-face one. I think it was Omaha. It must it have Omaha. been. Yeah, I don't think we did it in either Maine or North Carolina, which would have been the other two options. Yeah. Um, always, always more enjoyable to do this face-to-face. We actually should be doing it face-to-face, not only on audio, but on video as well. People like the video. I mean, I don't know about our people. People listen to, <laughs> to this. But in general, it seems like so many podcasts are moving to Zooms. Right. Because people like to watch. Yep. And then they put it up on YouTube or yeah, whatever. I don't we'll like have that. to explore that. You don't like that? No. <laughs> but maybe the Zoom would be easier. Um, and you can record it. When we're virtual. When, when we're not together. Right, right. I just don't know that anyone wants to watch me talk. I don't, I, I think, don't want to watch I myself think they talk. Do. I, I think our audience has, has clamored for that. But we'll see. Well, hey, you don't even listen because don't, you don't like the sound of your voice. Exactly. So if you don't listen, you're certainly not going to want to watch. A thousand so, percent, yeah, no. So you, you don't get a say anyway. I know. So, um, as promised, since we weren't able to cover exercise on our last Ask the Doctor Anything podcast, we're back with another ATDA, ask the doctor anything, and um, we're going to focus 100% on activity and exercise. Um, but before we dive into things, just you know, in terms of definitions, would you agree that all exercise is activity, but not all activity is exercise? Um, Let me give an example. I don't know. Let me give you an example. <laughs> Sitting on the couch watching TV is an activity. Okay. I guess it depends on your definition. So, correct. (laughs) Right. Um, But what I will say is that most people, and I think one of the questions later is about misconceptions, but most people have an idea in their mind about what exercise is. So, I've, and, and some people who are very much like either they have never really exercised, they're really not, um, they're not fit, they're starting from the beginning. I don't even call it exercise. I just talked to them about how much do you move your body. So movement is probably a better term because people sometimes don't even think mm-hmm. that, hey, I don't exercise, but I've got, I've got someone who she's like, I don't do any like, scheduled exercise, but she gets 12,000 steps a day. Because she's like a nurse or Because she's uh, all over the place. Whatever. Right, yeah, yeah, with her job. Yeah. Um, so that's exercise. That is, yeah, and even like something like walking. Um, she might as well be, know, it's like as if she was walking five miles a day. Right, right. Actually, 12,000 steps, more like 6,000 <laughs> a day. Um, right. Because, you know, since my neck thing, walking is my one of my primary forms of exercise. And um, and so it's basically a mile equals 2,000 yep. steps. I don't know. A stay-at-home knows. mom who's got two kids, two little kids. They're, she's running around after picking up, putting down, going upstairs, downstairs, laundry, cleaning. Like... I don't want to say that that's all the exercise you need, but don't sell yourself short because the next the person next to you who might have a nine to five desk job is not doing any. Has of a that. lot less activity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, so so a little bit of gray area in, in some of that, but um, but in general, um, you know, we'll focus this on exercise. Um, with with yeah. that caveat, that hey, you know. Exercise doesn't need to be just, you know, running on a treadmill or lifting weights or, or what have you. So first question I want to address is, is there an evolutionary basis or, or need for humans to exercise? Um, 
And so, and, and I, since I'm kind of an evolution yeah, you seem junkie. To like these. Um, we have a lot of episodes that have an evolutionary um, theme at the beginning. Reference or what have you. Because yeah, you well, like I think the, that is that like the evolution. So many, history. so many questions of why are we like this or why does our body do X, Y, Z are best explained through an evolutionary lens. Yeah. Uh, and I think we lose sight of that a, yeah. a lot. So um, so the answer to that, that question, is there an evolutionary basis for, for humans to exercise, is, is yes, in part, because for a lot of our evolutionary history, we had to move a lot to obtain food. So obviously, if you're a hunter-gatherer, Either activity, hunting and gathering, takes a lot of, of effort. If if you doubt that, watch this series alone <laughs> that, we, that I have become a little bit addicted to, where they drop 10 people in the wilds of, it could be Alaska or Northern Canada or oh Patagonia. Oh with, they, have, like, they get to choose 10 items. They obviously have a radio that they can call for help, but they have to create their own shelter from from almost nothing, they one of the items they typically will all get bring is a tarp, yep. you know. Yep. Um, so create a whole shelter, and oftentimes these are in places that are very inhospitable. So mm-hmm. they drop them off in the fall, let's say, and within sixty days it's it's snowing and you know below zero or whatever. Yep. So their shelters need to be. Meanwhile, it's being filmed. Good. Being filmed, what is the, what is they the have camera the, person doing. No, no, no. There's oh, okay. no they have their own okay. cameras. I was like, are they yeah. flying them back out to their hotel at nope. night? And then they are hunting and gathering for their food. Holy smokes. And the typical way one of those people gets tossed from the show is they either toss themselves because they're hungry, starving, whatever, or freezing. Or hurt. Um, or sometimes they're hurt when they, yeah, but most of the time. They're hungry. It's hungry. They've <laughs> lost too much weight. Sad. They, yes. So if well, you think about that again. Are from, these people people who have experience with yes. hunting? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, they're, they're experienced, yeah, because, because if you, I would if you drop me. Or me. I would just <laughs> We've lost a day. Yeah. Plus, so when the, when the, when the, when the wolves started days. howling at night, oh. we'd be like, no. get me out of no. here. No. Yeah. I don't know. Um, no. So there's a... There, but even but, before you yeah, continue, because yeah. we sometimes talk about like caveman days, but even pre-car days, yeah, the automo- good, pre-automobile days. Good point. Um, 1800s. Still walking. A couple hundred years ago. And then even fast forward there, when not everyone had a car. Now but everyone has a car. Let's say they're working on a farm, they're, they're, or they're kids working Kids are walking in, to school and back. Yeah. That's the norm, is kids walking to school and back. Hey, uh, I, I walked to kindergarten That's down busy street, probably <laughs> half a mile <laughs> or so each way. And it's not our, it's not Then like I would come parent. home for lunch, walk home for lunch and then That's walk insane. back right. in the dead of a main winter. So, and it's not to say that the parents are bad or the kids are bad or everyone's lazy now, but it's just... No one's gonna let their kid. You you'd lose right. your kid if right. you let them walk to kindergarten. I can and imagine watch from school. Sophia walking down the road to school. No. no. Yeah. So convenience with like the um, evolution of technology and convenience, because we're in a society, at least in our country, that is so busy that these things make us more productive in one way. 
with our work lives. Yes. Generally. Yes, but yeah. moving less. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and the, the kind of the cruel joke is that, yes, we're evolutionarily adapted for activity, high a high level of activity. Yep. But we're also evolutionarily adapted for laziness. Okay. In this way. Our laziness when we don't have to be doing something to survive, right. let's say. Yep. So again, our, our ancient ancestors would not go for a jog if they weren't <laughs> chasing down an animal. You know, like, hey, hey, Stan. They weren't. You, you go, you go, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, work on your, uh, your rock uh, etchings right. or whatever. I'm gonna go for. A they would probably ride. think we were insane for Absolutely. voluntarily going for a run, a run. or sprint. Absolutely. They'd They'd be be, no, why would you be doing that? No, no. Right. And there are there are these tribes. I think it's the Hadza in maybe South America who are that's... you know essentially living like our prehistoric ancestors. Wow. And they, you know, they run all the time, but it's to track game and to kill game or whatever. Yeah. And our, their, uh, the concept of, of running now. And, and what, what we've learned from watching the Hadza is when they are not hunting and gathering or, uh, you know, building shelters or whatever, they are laying around. Yeah, resting. They are being lazy. Because, again, if our, our overactive ancestors would be burning precious calories, that then if food became scarce, those, yeah. you know, fitness buffs, those ancient yeah. fitness buffs would struggle, would be, would be the first to die and not yeah. pass along their genes. Yeah, that's so true. It's, it's a, it, it's a conundrum to some extent, but, yeah. but again, it's, it's another example of the mismatch between our evolutionarily adapted bodies and minds to some extent. Um, and the environment that we're that we're currently in. Yeah. So, so um, I'm curious, in your practice working with patients, do you spend much time discussing activity levels and exercise? Yes. And how do you approach those those subjects? Um, usually, if it's like if someone's going in for an annual physical, it's part of like the pre-visit questionnaire that they'll fill in, so I can kind of take note. Um, and some people will put down, you know, six to seven times a week, cardio strength training, 60 minutes. It's like, okay, well, I don't, we don't really need to talk much then. Right. And so, they're already, they're, they, they, they check that box. Yeah. So they're yeah. doing what they need to be doing. Um, cause there are a handful of people who are very much like regimented and it's, it's gym that it's gym work that there. I mean, so many people, you walk into a gym today and they're all crowded. So a lot of people like they, they go to the gym, they do their exercise, they leave the gym. Um, other people are doing nothing. And those are the people I talk to about um, when we get to that point, like, okay, what are the big picture things to be focusing on? Diet, exercise, sleep, mm-hmm. mental health. Well, what are you doing for exercise? Nothing. I don't like to, I don't, I'm not going to be someone who can go down an elliptical every morning or I'm not going to run. It's not me. Um, those are the people that you talk, talk to about what's your day look like. And I've got some who went from doing nothing to taking a 40 minute walk twice a day because they started with a 20 minute walk mm-hmm. and then they worked their way oh, up. Oh, and oh, now oh. when they don't do it, even so they'll do it in the morning and then they'll work all day and they'll realize, Oh, I've been sitting all day and they'll go for another walk. So I think, I think you said something 
really important there um, around what patients tell you as to what they won't do and why they won't do it. Yeah. And that's that it's not me thing. Yeah. This concept of <laughs> I am not an, an exercise, an, an athlete, athlete. Yeah. yeah, or and I am yeah. not an exercise person or yeah. what have I, I will never be able to blank. And well, so that goes, there's and, two, two ways to think about that. And for some people, it's that they do not enjoy, will never enjoy, they don't get that. Um, runner's high. Yeah, yeah. They, when they go and do like car- cardio just for cardio. Yeah. Um, and it's never going to be them. But some, instead, that person gets a lot and enjoys going outside and going for a hike. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like exercise to them. Mm-hmm. They they love it. It's fun. So then do that. You know, so yeah. so there's that. But then there's also the, you know, person who just is using that as the crutch of why I'm not doing it. Well, I can't be like that. You know what's that very similar to that? And you hear it sometimes is, I can't, I could never fast. Yeah, exactly. Say, I could. Oh, I could never do that. I use that a lot because I didn't. I have been someone who, from like such a young age, ate breakfast before school, before med school, before residency. It was always usually oatmeal. Um, it's like I could never imagine like not eating yep. breakfast. Yep. And then, I don't know, four years ago or when Sophia was six months old and I was home with her in the mornings because I worked evenings instead, I found myself just like randomly munching on things. Whereas I wouldn't otherwise after breakfast because I'd be off busy doing stuff. But if I'm home, I was like, wait a second, I'm not even hungry. I'm eating this stuff. I'm going to try not eating until lunchtime. And then it's like, I could never do that because I'm a breakfast person. This is going to be too hard. I like to pick at stuff. And at first it was hard, like maybe for a month, you know, because you're like thinking about it. You're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I tell people, don't even think about it anymore. Not that that's what everyone should do, the fasting, but it's just an example of habit. It's habit. How you can ingrain a habit. And it's also a great example, Nicole, I think of how we are more kind of flexible than we give ourselves credit for. We can do more than you we, think you can we think yep. we can yep um and if you know I, I think that with you know with with that in mind it, it just is a is generally and this is a little off topic but just generally good to think of something a little bit outlandish that mm-hmm. you may not have considered <laughs> you know doing and give it a shot right because it will it will kind of empower you. It's, it's, that, it's that concept of feeling that you have agency, that you have control over X, Y, Z, particularly right. in this case, which is, you know, something that is, is inherently good for, yep. good for you. Yep, exactly. So, so give us a, a, a rundown of, of your exercise routine. I, I consider you to be a pretty fit individual. So um, if it's working for you, it may work for other folks. So Well, I am someone who is busy so with work with kids it's it has to be efficient for me so we have a peloton bike and a treadmill because i cannot if i had a gym membership and that was the only way for me to get exercise i would not be able to go because that would make me that would mean i would have to get up at like four and usually i have a kid two kids you know waking me up once or twice in the middle of the night it's just not going to happen because you should not sacrifice substantial sleep for exercise i will say that because people ask me that sometimes then you're then you're cutting off your nose despite your face kind of thing yeah so it has to be efficient so that's why we got in-home stuff because if it's in the house i'll use it 
Some people, that's not them. They don't want to exercise in their house. They have to go do something. And then I admittedly don't do enough strength training because I may get it in and out and be as efficient as you can. So I'm like either running or um, doing the Peloton, you know, exercises or classes, which are very high intensity, Mm -hmm. I would call it. So I'm more of the person who is doing the, you know, 30 minutes of pretty high intensity cardio five to six times a week. On the the weekends when I have more time, I'll do less intensity. So maybe I'll do the lower intensity like zone two for 45 minutes or I'll do a slower run for five miles because there's more time. And we've talked about zone two and the benefits of zone two and what is zone two, but just quickly for listeners... Zone two is where technically it's where your um, your lactic acid is below two millimoles per liter, I think it is, or, or what have you. Um, but in reality, it's it's uh, that exercise level that you could go, you you could sustain for a long time, more than an hour. It's um, a, an exercise level where you can still carry on a conversation, but it's not necessarily um, comfortable. You couldn't sing a song at level two, let's say, point right. for any, they, any length of time. Use the term all day pace. Not all that you would pace, actually yeah. do it all day, but like if you were biking, you it would be that pace where you could just feel like you could kind of keep going forever because you're not, you're not feeling And I've strained. also seen it, it um, the, the, um, the measurement being uh, zone two, the, or the upper level of zone two, let's say, is 180 minus your age. For right. your heartbeat. Yep. So for me, it would be like 119 or so. And I don't know. So I have a, there's also zone two um, being defined as 60% of your max. Is I think that so. right? Yeah, I think I'd that's have to right. Go, I don't have those yeah. notes right no, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, and if that's the case and you want to know your max heart rate, well, there are, there's a formula for max heart rate. But I also think my personal max heart rate is a little bit higher because if I actually look at how high my heart rate's getting. So if you say max heart rate is 220 minus age, right? That's max. That's usually, that's a very crude whatever for the average person. So if I do 220 minus my age, that puts it, my max at 186. My max Does that sound like it's about? On the bike this morning, I was 184, not going my hardest. Okay. Okay, so, so I think mine's higher. Yeah. So if I'm doing a zone two, my heart rate is usually a little bit higher. Because so you might be one. Well, sometimes I'm doing like one forty. Well, but doing it from that, an age perspective, that's right, right because right. thirty-five less one eighty is yep. one forty-five. So yeah, yeah. It's it's in yeah. that range. Yeah. So that's, that's right. That's the that's the right way to think. But about if you're it. used the, to going really hard, then it feels very strange. But the flip side of that is if you're used to going really hard, you're not used to doing that for very a long. long time, yeah. So it does feel like a workout at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's harder than I would have thought to sustain that for, right. let's say, an hour. Yeah. Um, and just, just as a refresher for folks, the reason you want to do work in some zone two in your exercise routine is that really um, is the thing that, that improves mitochondrial function. Mitochondria is kind of the powerhouse of your, of your cell. Right. Uh, and has a lot of, of good benefits. And in fact, some folks will say that 
um, if that you want to focus on zone two and zone five or six, let's say, the, the high intensity hard stuff, um, because that stuff in the middle re really doesn't get you as much benefit as kind of doing right. the barbell end of it. Yep. So that's why I did change a little based on that um, because I used to probably do the majority of my Peloton rides in probably like what would be a zone four. Four, right. I remember I used to do that too. Because yeah. it would be going really hard trying to keep up, follow what they're saying yeah. in the class. But sweating like up, hell. <laughs> you can't do zone five for 30 minutes straight. No. Um, no. And none of those classes, unless you're doing the power zone training are keeping you in a zone two. They're all for more of a rigorous workout, which yeah. again, I tell everybody, if if you're doing nothing, doing anything is great. You don't need to be like, oh shoot, my 30 minutes of what looks like to be zone four, I just wasted it. It's absolutely not wasted. Right. But if you're trying to maximize, optimize, optimize it, it yeah. I started doing, if I'm gonna only be exercising for 20 to 30 minutes, I'm gonna do intervals. If I'm gonna be exercising for 45 minutes or longer, I'm gonna do zone two. Level two. That's perfect. And then somewhere in there, you're going to throw some strength. I <laughs> used to. I used to. I was on a probably five-month kick of every other day, 45 minutes of strength training because my brother Anthony was big on weights, and he finally, like, convinced me with all of this, like, you know, you'll, you'll burn more, you know, fat, fat obviously yeah. muscle. Metabolism takes, be higher. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but I don't want to gain any mass, right? Like, I, I could be toned, definitely, yes. but I don't want to put on, like... Yeah. And then I was convinced after doing that for a while that my scrubs were tighter. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I'm going to go back to my cardio for a while. So uh, I have to go, I have to incorporate, incorporate yeah. some yeah. strength. So on the, on the um, uh, notion of efficiency, uh, what is the minimum effective dose of exercise? I don't think anyone has the exact answer for this. Fair but. enough, fair enough. But there's a couple of scientific studies that have looked into, right. okay, how much moves the dial physiologically? So I'll go back to what like the American Heart Association says as like, what are the, what are the general, general recommendations for the, yeah. for the average person? Um, and, and some of the people who might be listening are super fit, very into health and longevity and are, and are wanting a heck of a lot more than this. But, but this the is... average person is not that person. Yeah. So for the average person, it is 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity exercise, which is like brisk walking. We're not talking about jogging. We're not talking about like uphill biking. Um, it's moderate intensity. And those should be in 30 minute chunks so, of time. So five 30 minute segments. Plus yeah. ideally two days of doing some strength training. Um, of all muscle groups, not just doing, you know, just your arms, um, or 75 minutes of high intensity exercise. Plus so half days. the time, if yeah. you're going to, if you go at it hard, you can spend half the time at it. And that comes from a lot of data. Um, like, well, that comes from a lot of studies looking at, you know, what's, what's going to help. And this is not from any weight standpoint. More longevity none of this has, type of thing. None of those recommendations have anything to do with like weight loss, weight management. Obviously we all know that exercise is gonna help some with weight weight management. Yep. Um, but this is all based on cardiovascular benefit. Yep. And we, but we would say best to do a mix of the um, high intensity and the lower intensity stuff. Correct, so if you're trying to be, if you, again, if you're trying optimize. to optimize yep. it. Yep, but then, 
you always kind of see things that, I don't know if you've seen, this was a while ago that I saw it. It was like the four minute exercise machine. I forget what the machine was, but I was like, okay, I need to know about this. <laughs> and this was a long time ago. I don't even remember what the machine was or yeah. remember whatever, but four minutes is not enough. Um, but there are some. How about four seconds? <laughs> right? If that's what's going to come next. Yeah. Um, because we're in a world where, so you now, with the way your lifestyle is set up, you can do a two-hour walk most days if you right. wanted to. Right. I have that luxury. A lot of people. Including you. Can <laughs> not even think about that. Yeah. So it depends on your goals and what fits in your life. But if you're looking for efficiency, there are some studies that show that it's possible to get what you need in 15 minutes in a 15 minute session um so one of the studies and and, and well go talk about that that study and then i'll interject it was a study to investigate the effectiveness of maximal power cycling training um using a while measuring skeletal muscle mass and cardiovascular function so it's doing like your maximum output um, cycling and measuring the cardiovascular function. So like your cardiovascular um, outcomes and skeletal mass outcomes. Cause those are the two things that really are the big ones when you're exercising that you want to look at. But, but am I right? They had them go at full power for four seconds at a time. Yeah. So they four used, seconds. <laughs> well, cause if you're going, you shouldn't be able to do much more than what? 10 seconds it, full. Right. People it's, so you have to think when you're doing high at the hit, right? So that phrase is everywhere. Hit training. Um, but are you actually going at your max effort during the on time? If you're, if it's a minute, you're, you're probably not. If it's exactly. 30 seconds, you're probably not. It, it's, I think it's like 20 seconds. 20 seconds is the maximum. I think 20 seconds but is the in this study, it was only four seconds they were having them go. They had 50 to 68-year-olds over the course of eight weeks. Um, they performed 15 minutes of training three times a week. That, I would be hard-pressed to find someone who could not fit that in. Just that little bit, yeah. Um, and then each session involved repeated, so this was 15 to 30 times, four-second sprints, of power cycling, um, which is nice that they didn't make the 68 year old like sprint on their, yeah, on their that, feet. So they did power cycling yeah. and then they measured thigh muscle volume, total body lean mass, peak oxygen consumption, um, and then cardio, uh, ankle, vascular index. These are all different indices of essentially performance um, and function as well as intramuscular fat volume. And then, so the results showed for eight weeks um, training for eight weeks, increased thigh muscle volume and total lean body mass while increasing total body mass. So because we're increasing body mass, but they're increasing lean body mass, meaning they're increasing muscle. That's yep. what that means. And that's what you want. Yep. Um, and Particularly in, in an older set like that, which right. it's tar hard, to put, on it's hard to put on muscle. Yep. Um, and obviously it's thigh muscle volume because they're cycling. Um, and then physical performance measures increase significantly, all statistically significantly, um, with improvements in peak oxygen consumption. Um, the so these are all the different like cardiovascular. Almost by ten percent on peak oxygen consumption, that which seems is like awesome a lot, because yeah. and that's the VO two max, max is probably the gold standard in measuring your cardiovascular fitness, but it's hard to actually measure that. Right. Um, you got to go into a laboratory. Again. Yeah, got, which is what yeah. they were doing. So that's a great improvement there. Um, and then functional tests of living 
so functional tests of living, um, there's like different um, tests that are standardized with like chairs and ramps. Getting and up out of a what chair you can, and whatever. What you can do. Yep. Um, so that all increased pretty substantially. Almost 10% yep. there as well. Yep. In eight weeks, let's get this, you know, eight weeks, 15 minutes a day for three days a week. Lean mass, I skipped that. So the lean mass went up 12%. Wow. That's yep. a ton. Yep. And cardio ankle vascular index was significantly decreased because that's what you want. You don't want to have a large discrepancy. Um, it decreased 2.3%. So I think that's an amazing result. Yeah. Well, and, and it, so it, it, it shows, I mean, clear shows you the effect, uh, efficacy of um, high intensity intervals for those measures if you want to, if you, and again, as you said, pretty much anyone can afford 15 minutes yeah. a, a, a day, three days a week. The one kind of maybe constraining variable is you really need a piece of equipment to do that, preferably a, a yeah. bike or... But you know, if you have the ability to sprint, or, you could sprint. You could do it Because I've done sprints outside. Not easy. That is hard. <laughs> Actually, sprints are brutal. Way back, this, this goes back maybe 10, 15 years, I decided to add sprints into my workout routine. Yeah. After, and, and and that is, I've been kind of running, jogging, long distances, yeah, whatever. right. The day after that I was that just going to say, I have never <laughs> I so had... Sore. Okay, there's two different times. The most muscle soreness, three times. The most muscle soreness I have ever experienced in my life. The first time was after the car accident Dominic and I were in. Oh, yeah, yeah. The next I day, I couldn't... I remember not even being able to move out of bed because, uh, like, my trunk muscles that don't get used, you don't usually use them, were so strained. So that was the first time. Second time was after I did my first full body weight class <laughs> and i texted anthony and i was like this is ridiculous it's awful and he goes enjoy it because that doesn't last very long right that, um, that, that pain. level of pain yeah and then the other time is doing sprints and it doesn't even you don't even have to do them for a long time right you sprint until you can't sprint anymore and then you walk for a bit and then you do it again yeah, i maybe was so sore 30 yard sprints maybe so sore yeah <laughs> So anyways, their conclusion, again, these results demonstrate that eight weeks of, um, of PC training, power cycling training, and this is the key, at true maximal power was effective at increasing muscle mass and maximal power. So it's not going to work if you're not doing it at your absolute max. Yeah. So you have to remember that. Yeah. Um, because if I do an interval thing on the on the Peloton and I'll do two minutes up, one minute down, that is not, no, not at max. max. Yeah. Because you shouldn't be able to do it for that long. Yeah. So that's the first interesting, um, first interesting article about hey, you don't have to do sixty minutes if because again I keep going back to Anthony. He would almost not go to the gym if he didn't have at least two hours to be there. And I always said to him, in my mind, that would be such a deterrent to going because I'd be like, oh, I have so much ahead of me. And for him, he's like, no, once I'm there, I'm, I'm there. And he would be like mad at himself if he left after less than an hour and a half. Yeah. And I'm like, you're insane. That's, you can get yeah. great results from, like we just said, 15, an hour. 15, minutes, three 15, minutes. Times, 15 <laughs> minutes, three times a week. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing, a lot of people out there are doing a lot more then they, they're overworking. They're inefficiently overworking themselves. Good point. Good point. 
Um, and then the next one was interesting to me. So this is a kind of like a long paper, um, but the gist of it is looking at high intensity circuit training using just your body weight. So circuit training is like strength training and and aerobic. doing circuits is aerobic yep. and, and um, strength training. And I'll give you an example because I, I pulled up that study here. So there were 12 different exercises they were doing. Yep. Sort of jumping jacks, then a wall sit. We basically are sitting against a wall, you know, kind of working your legs. Um, push up, um, crunch, abdominal crunch, step up onto a chair, squat, um, uh, but just a body weight squat, um, a, a tricep dip on a chair, plank core, high knees running in place. Uh, lunge, uh, another push-up with a rotation and a side plank. And so this all sounds like if you're just listening, you're like, oh, this is too confusing. That's too much. Um, it, there's, we'll click, we'll attach this article to anyone who cares. But yeah. it's if you look at the pictures, you're like, oh, okay, I can actually do that. Yeah. Um, but when you ramble off all that stuff, it just makes me think I'm just gonna go get on the treadmill. <laughs> So, but but the advantage here is you're doing a little you're you're getting both the aerobic oh. and the strength training. Yeah, no, this. this is great. I'm and gonna do this. Seven minutes, right? So hang on, let's back up for a second. There's a few things here. They give you an an example, um, but what they studied was a handful of different variables. So um the whole circuit takes seven minutes. And they had their participants repeat the seven minutes two to three times depending on the amount of time you have. Oh, I got you. Okay, so, so it's not just seven minutes in no. an exercise Essentially, session. what no. they did was 14 or 21 minutes, yep. okay. which again, look at your phone, the amount of time, screen time you have on your phone, like you you definitely have 21 minutes. Um, and how many days a week did these people do two it? Two to three times? Oh, no, they repeated that two to three times. Yep. Mm, I think they did it three to four. Four times. I a think week. it was just it, it wasn't more than four times a week. Right. Um, and they have a very unique because as I'm reading this, I'm like, well, how do you figure out what exactly you're supposed to do? They have a unique kind of combination of what to do. They basically say like, after you do a a exercise on your upper body, the next one has to be on your lower body. And then after you do an exercise that really increases your heart rate, the next one has to be something that lowers your heart rate. So to put that all together yourself, you'd have to be kind of like an exercise person um, right. who could do that. But I think there's probably more than just their one example that you could, that you could find. Um, so it's not just doing these things, it's doing these things in the right sequence, I believe, that makes a little bit of a difference because they wanted to do a few different things. They said the exercises selected for a high intensity circuit training circuit should function to promote strength development for all major all major muscle groups. So you can't just do upper body or lower body. Um, use large muscle groups to create the appropriate resistance and aerobic intensity. Create a balance of strength throughout the body. Example, you would not want to prescribe five exercises for just one body part while only prescribing one for another. So you wanna balance it out. Um, be immediately modified or adapted as necessary to increase or decrease exercise intensity, obviously be safe and appropriate for the participant, um, and interactive and that you can easily transition between them with minimal rest time. So the key that they found is a lot of interval classes will say like, you know, 
um, run for sprint for 30 seconds, walk for two minutes kind of thing. Yeah, get your heart beat back to normal basically before you go at it again. This is minimizing rest time. So you're not going hard like we just talked about in the other study, the whole seven minutes, but you are doing different circuits with a small amount of rest in between. So you want to go to the next one and then go to the next one. You're not probably at maximum, um, you know, uh, what do you want to say? You're Um, not at your peak output. Output level, yep. Um, And then their exercise order makes a difference because it says that the high-intensity circuit training circuit should be placed in an order that allows for opposing muscle groups to alternate between resting and working in subsequent exercise station like push-up upper body station followed by a squat station um and then the same thing for the aerobic part um so something that low kind of lowers your heart rate alternating with something that increases your heart rate um the program that they studied called for nine to twelve exercise stations um they said there's no ideal number of exercise stations however it's important that for general program all muscle groups are used so what they found and was that, but well. and we should emphasize that their their exercises that they are illustrating at least took no special equipment. None. That's that it. Right. Body exactly. weight or a at chair. most a chair. Yep. Um, and then generally, the longer the exercise duration, the lower the exercise intensity that can be accomplished to maximize the metabolic impact of the exercise. Time should be sufficient enough to allow for the proper execution of fifteen to twenty repetitions of an exercise. So, I mean, that's kind of hard to do for each one, but if you were doing this repeatedly, you'd get the hang of it to think that you could do 15 to 20 repetitions of that yeah. without being gassed. Yeah. So that's the Completely. intensity. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, I can only do five and I'm yeah. toast at that point. So they say, th- they found that to kind of generalize that a 30 second exercise bout is adequate to allow for that for most participants. So 30 seconds for each thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest intervals can't be too long, like we already talked about. Um, 30 seconds of rest or less in between each station, we'll call it. Um, and for maximum time efficiency, we recommend minimizing rest time to even 15 seconds or less between bodyweight exercises. And because you're doing different parts, that's, you know, there's a, there's a when you're lifting weights, there's a, there's a, a thing you can do called supersets, where you're doing, let's say, you know, bicep curls and then you do a squat let's say so you're using completely different sets of muscles right and you're able to do them back to back whereas if i was doing bicep curls and then my next exercise was another bicep exercise you'd need to you need to wait two minutes to recover you know otherwise you weren't going to be able to put too much into so this is making it very efficient again for the person who doesn't have a lot of time so these are 12 different exercises that you complete and you do that two to three times and that ends up being about 14 to 21 minutes minutes. Um, and in summary what they found was it was an efficient means of exercise that decreased body fat improved insulin sensitivity and improved your vo2 max and muscular fitness um so i think you should print that those that little page right there that, that with the illustrations because the illustrations make it look very clear yes, that it's easy if you to just do. look at it it's like high knees running in place total body plank core like what and then you look at the person it's like okay i can, I do, can that. do that yeah it's that, not that. that complicated um and yeah so they found um all kinds of excellent benefits so that's just another study that shows sometimes we're working you don't want to work harder you want to work smarter Smarter. yep 
Yep. And I am, I am right there. And because I don't think it's smart necessarily to get on the bike and do about zone four for 30 minutes. I'm sweating my tail off. It's a lot of hard work, but I could have been doing something that didn't necessarily even feel as hard with bigger More benefits. benefits. Yeah. So that's, and I think that's, if we're going to sum this up, a couple of things. One is that the, the answer to the question of what sort of, what should my exercise routine be or what should my activity routine be is somewhat predicated on what your goals are. If your goal is pure health span maximization, then something like this, like we just mm -hmm. talked about where you're combining some cardio with strength is, is the best way to go. Where, and as we talked about earlier, you're doing some at, at zone, if you can, adding in some zone two and zone yeah. five work, whatever. But if you are training because you wanna be a, uh, run a marathon or a triathlete you're, you're going to do something different yeah. you know, for that so so tailor it to your picture. to your goal if your if your goal is to lose weight then you might do something somewhat different as as well but i would say for weight loss it would be probably be what great... we're talking about it would be either so i think it's two different things if you want if you're trying to be super efficient because you don't have a lot of time or you don't like to exercise and you want to just get it done um, doing some of these different highly efficient types of exercises is ideal um, if you're someone who has more time and doesn't despise it, then yeah, do a couple zone twos for an hour a week. Um, and then do two or three days of strength training with weights and whatever, and then do a couple of days of high intensity intervals. Um, and if you are someone who hasn't <laughs> exercised at all in a long time, get out Start and walk, walk a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So. Cool. Got it. Okay. Well, mission accomplished. Um, we need to do more of these face-to-face. -face. We'll explore the video option. Um, oh, I did want to add one more thing, um, and that is to remind our listeners that everyone is an athlete in one way or another, <laughs> right? right? So, Especially any mom who's ever given birth, grew, and then gave birth to a human being. Is an exceptional athlete. An exceptional athlete. <laughs> we, yes. <laughs> I won't argue with that. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. You can visit the doctorandad.com, that's spelled T H E D R A N D D A D.com, for show notes to any of our podcasts, as well as other useful info on extending health span. Now, the legal disclaimer this podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. And no doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this information in show notes is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not meant to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should not, should not disregard or delay taking medical advice or treatment for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their medical professional for any such conditions. We also want you to know that we take no funding from any product or service that may be mentioned on the Doctor and Dad 